Arizona Sports. Sports. The local sports sports leader. Burns and Gambo. The 4 o'clock reset. Brought to you by Collins Comfort AC and Plumbing. Proud home services partner of the Arizona Cardinals. 4 o'clock reset. All the top stories of the day presented to you in one spot. The 4 o'clock reset here on the Burns and Gambo show on this Wednesday afternoon. So away we go. What does quiet but busy look like? Here's what quiet but busy looks like for the Arizona Cardinals and free agency. Calvin Beecham, two-year deal. Kicker Matt Prater, two-year deal. Ezekiel Turner, linebacker and special teams ace, a one-year deal. Offensive lineman Will Hernandez, a two-year deal. Running back Corey Clement, a one-year deal. Those are all players that they've re-signed. Those are all players that they've announced in the last day or so for the Cardinals. Yes, and none of those are long-term deals. I mean, all of these are really short-term deals. you got to bring some guys back. You know, Beecham obviously was important. Corey Clement, they like connections in Philly. Well, you'll notice with a lot of these signings, even the new ones, that uh, there are definitely some connections between Monty Austin Fort and Jonathan Gannon and the players that they're going to be bringing yeah, in. Yeah, and I was just going to get into the new faces. There are three of them to tell you about so far. One of them we knew about. The other two are new. Kaiser White, two-year deal. Of course, he comes over from the Eagles. There's familiarity there with Jonathan Gannon and Nick Rollis. We talked about that yesterday. The team also announced that they have signed offensive lineman Yelda Froholt to a two-year deal. He appeared in a career-high 17 games with the Browns last year, made his first six career starts, four at center, two at right guard last year with the Browns. So he hadn't played a whole lot in his career up until then. He was always a guy who was on practice squads and waved and practice squads. But the familiarity there is that he was drafted by New England in the fourth round a few years ago. And coached by Drew Petzing last year, who's the new offensive coordinator when he was with the Browns a year ago. And the defensive lineman Kevin Strong comes over on a one-year deal. He played a career-high 16 games last year with one start. He comes from the Titans, so of course there's a Monty Ossinfort connection there. Yeah, absolutely. absolutely. Played with the Titans 2021-22. Has got a P. Appeared in 16 games last season. One start, 23 tackles, 12 quarterback pressures, two passes, defense. He came into the league as an undrafted rookie free agent out of the University of Texas, San Antonio. Now let's get to some of the other stuff around the NFL, some of which does and some does not impact the Cardinals. This one certainly does. Last night after the Suns game started, it was announced that cornerback Byron Murphy, two-year deal with Minnesota, it was initially reported as a $22 million deal. The actual numbers have it closer to about $17.5 million, and it's really, if you look at it, only a one-year deal. Byron Murphy kind of bet on himself in this one. Yeah, and in some ways that does hurt the Cardinals, right? Because that is that's a factor in the compensatory pick that Arizona may get. The salary that the player get leaves to go take. It might be a fifth rounder. Maybe they were thinking they were going to get something better with that. So yeah, that's something to keep an eye on. But Byron Murphy, like Zach Allen the day before, leaving the Arizona Cardinals. Quarterback Aaron Rodgers finally gave Jets fans a sigh of relief, at least somewhat, when he appeared on a Pat McAfee show today. At this point, as I sit here, you know, I think since Friday, uh, I made it clear that my intention was to play and my intention was to play for the New York Jets. Okay. Um, And I haven't been holding anything up at this point. It's been compensation that the Packers are trying to get uh, for me. If you're a Jets fan, do you feel a sigh of relief? No, I mean, it's a 39-year-old quarterback. I mean, you just drafted a kid in the first round. 
a couple of years ago. It didn't work out, and so now you got to go get a 39-year-old guy who didn't throw for 300 yards once last year. I, this is a stopgap measure. I don't know how far you could go. If you're one player away from winning a Super Bowl, okay, but they're not. Here's a bunch of stuff from around the league. You chime in whenever you want. Quarterback Jacoby Brissett, long thought to maybe be headed to the Cardinals. One-year deal with Washington. It's $8 million guaranteed I think there. he's the best name that was out there, to be honest with you. He's got a lot of starts. He's played with four different teams. Just a good player. Quarterback Baker Mayfield, one-year deal with Tampa Bay. Yeah, that makes a lot of sense. I mean, you know, he's still, a, to, a, to a few teams out there, he's still a starting caliber quarterback the Bucks think he is. Running back Ezekiel Elliott, cut by the Dallas Cowboys today. Yeah, they ran him into the ground his whole career. Go look at his carries. I mean, they literally ran him into the ground and used him like a rental car. Wide receiver Juju Smith-Schuster, three years with New England. There was a report earlier today that maybe the Patriots were interested in DeAndre Hopkins. Not anymore. That would seem to take them out of that market. I would expect that it does if you're going to spend that much money on Juju Smith-Schuster who won a Super Bowl last year with Kansas City. And then a couple of others just come down. The Browns have signed former Kansas City Chief Safety Juan Thornhill to a three-year deal. The Saints and former Lions running back Jamal Williams have agreed on a three-year deal. Now to the Suns. They lost to the Bucks last night. 116-104. That's three straight losses. Torrey Craig lost a tooth in last night's game when he was on the wrong end Got of an elbow. Giannis Antetokounmpo elbow mm-hmm. last night. He's rugging around trying to pick up those chicklets right there. Where is it? Where's my tooth? <laughs> what? That was really disconcerting to watch. Torrey Craig looking on the court trying to find his tooth. Yeah, it reminded me of? Losing a contact and no. not being able to find it. No. Mike Tyson trying to find his mouthpiece after he got knocked out by Buster Douglas. <laughs> Suns will be back at Footprint Center tomorrow against the Magic. Don't look at the standings. The Suns are getting perilously close to the seventh seed in the play-in. Okay, then I'm not going to look. Well, I just told you. You said don't look at the standings. Well, I just don't look because it's, it's like don't look at a horror movie, right? Like if you don't want to see the blood and the gore, don't look. Don't look. I always uh, put my hand in front of my eyes and then just like a sneak little, sneak little peek like that. Yeah. Suns have also added to their front office. They have named Gerald Madkins as assistant GM and VP of personnel evaluation. He will report to James Jones and hire by Matt Ishbia as the new owner of the oh, Suns. There you go. I expected he's going to, you know, probably not a lot now, but in the course of the next few months, he's going to add a lot of his people to the fold. The NBA announced that Memphis Grizzlies guard Ja Morant has been suspended without pay for eight games for conduct detrimental to the league. But six of those games will have already been served as part of his previous suspension. So he is now eligible to return on March 20th. Probably he won't return. Soon. Probably will not return that day. He's not even allowed back into the facility until that day. So I don't imagine he plays that night. I imagine they ramp him up like we've talked about with some of the Suns yeah, players. Yeah, Woj added the same thing. His ramp up is expected to extend past Monday's game versus Dallas when he's first eligible to return. He'll return to play shortly thereafter. Tonight, is it a revenge game for Des Cambridge and Warren Washington? The 11-seed Sun Devils taking on the 11-seed Nevada Wolfpack. A Dayton first four game tonight. The winner advances to play 6-seed TCU in Denver on Friday. Would it be revenge for them or would it be a re- revenge for Nevada? Because they, those two guys left them. Revenge is a two-way street, my friend. Well, and it is also a dish best served cold. So we'll see if go. it's cold tonight. Well, let's hope the cold in isn't Dayton. the shooting for ASU tonight. Hey, to that, brother. GCU's basketball gear did not arrive with the team playing yeah, this is crazy. in Denver. Instead, they're going to practice in Baylor gear tonight. Bryce Drew, the coach of GCU, borrowing gear from his brother Scott Drew so his guys can practice tonight. Apparently, the cheerleader outfit showed up, the band equipment showed up, but all of the basketball stuff didn't show up and will come on a later flight. And
it was a charter flight, too. It was a charter flight. A they charter flew, flight. And they still screwed up the luggage. How do you st- How do you not get the luggage I, on the plane? I don't know. I don't know. Is it a different plane that it comes in when you no, go it's, charter? It's, it's, it should be. It should be the same plane. So is the marching band going to have to take the field and refuse to yield? No. GCU's just going to be wearing Baylor stuff when they take on Gonzaga on Friday. They'll have their stuff by then. They'll be fine. Speaking of college sports, the presidents of ASU and U of A went on the record yesterday reaffirming their current commitment to the Pac-12 amid the media rights negotiations. The comments from U of A's president were especially revealing in which he made it sound like as long as it's within a couple million dollars of the Big 12, yeah. we'll be fine. We and don't want to go it anywhere. It has to be a lot more because a couple million dollars would just cost the, the, the expense of the travel to all those Big 12 schools. The disturbing part was I think they said something about uh, I was and was a crow or Anderson said something about ASU's basketball building is fine. It was crow? Crow said, "Oh, that's fine. The basketball arena is fine." Is he out of his mind? You know, we'll talk. Has about he ever that. gone to a game? We'll talk about that. My, has Michael Crow ever gone to an ASU basketball game? It's a fair question. Yeah. He thinks that the forty-year-old building is fine. It's a fair question. Has Michael Crow ever gone to an ASU basketball game? That building is not fine. It's a dump. And finally, little love for the Yotes. The streak goes on. Another overtime win at the Mullet last night to beat Calgary. Stop them. Four-three. Enough guys. Travis Boyd scored the walk-off goal. They're not losing enough. More losing. Oh my God! Do you look like uh, you look at the standings, and they are they have sixty-one points. They're ahead of Chicago, San Jose, Anaheim, Columbus, Montreal. Yeah, good luck getting that number one overall pick. Look, uh, we are ping pong ball counting experts from all of our years as being a Suns fan. This is not how you do it if you're the Coyotes. They do not know how to count ping pong balls over there. That's your 4 o'clock reset here on the Burns and Yambo Show. When we come back, we'll dive back in to the Phoenix Suns. Remember last year, the Suns in the clutch? Very good. In fact, historically great. This year? That's next. Burns and Gambo. Burns and Gambo. Afternoons on Arizona Sports, the local sports leader. Final score, Bucks 116, Suns 104, and the losing streak now grows to three for Phoenix. It falls to 37-32 and 32 on the season, 15-21 here at home. The Bucks improved to 50-19, and 19. first team to get to 50 wins. John Bloom with the call last night here on Arizona Sports, the local sports leader. Next up for the Suns, Orlando on Thursday. Three-game losing streak. As far as three games in four nights go, you couldn't have drawn it up much tougher for the Suns in terms of the opposition. I feel robbed in some ways. How so? Because I would have loved to have seen. I'm a schedule matter, guys, right? Schedules matter? Schedules matter. I would have loved to have seen how the Suns with Kevin Durant matched up against those three teams. Me too. I would have loved to have seen it. Me too. And we got deprived of that. I would have loved to have seen. You know what? And I'll take it one step further. I agree. I would have loved to have seen a full-strength Phoenix Suns team against a full-strength Milwaukee Bucks team. With Middleton? They, they weren't full-strength last night either. No, nah, they had Middleton sitting. No Middleton. No Grayson Allen last night. I, I would have. That would have been no a— No Goran Dragic? Well, it doesn't count. That would have been a great litmus test moment that we were deprived of. And, and same yeah. for Golden State. I would have liked to have seen the Suns and the Warriors, Wiggins and Kevin Durant. Let's go 
roll the ball out there and see what we've got. Yeah, I agree. I, I, those were all good litmus tests, and instead we're left to wonder what it's going to look like when the Suns have Kevin Durant and whether it's good enough to beat Milwaukee. I don't know. No idea. Games like last night could have been a good indicator of that, and we were deprived of it. I agree. Sure. I mean, the best game that you got with KD was the Dallas game, and it was a hell of a game, and Durant hit the winning shot. Like, it was a, it was a, it was a good game. Um, but we haven't had a lot of this. We only had three games with Kevin Durant. James Jones seemed to indicate when he was on our show that, yeah, like these getting him in some games matters. We need we need these guys to play some minutes together. Yeah, it, it, which makes me wonder. And I know how they operate. I really do. Okay, where the injury happened one week ago tonight. Okay, so we're one week in to the three week reevaluation. Okay. All right, makes me wonder if. You know how we're talking about that ramp-up week after the reevaluation? I wonder if they've baked the reevaluation, the ramp-up week into the three weeks. You know what I mean? I didn't explain that very well. No, so, I know what you mean. So you know what I mean? it's two weeks and then ramp up for a three. I would say no. They said reevaluate in three. I know. But James, as you pointed out, when he was on with us a half hour ago, expressed a great deal of importance in the idea that they want to get as many games with Kevin Durant as they possibly can. If he's out for another week beyond the three-week evaluation, there's three games left. There's three. If it's really that important to get him back, I wonder if they've baked in the ramp-up week into the three-week reevaluation and that Kevin Durant is going to be back in two weeks. I don't know. I don't know. But he also said Kevin will tell us when he's ready to come back. Yeah. I believe that's what he said. That's He said he'll he'll let us know. It's funny you brought that up. He almost, and I know he didn't mean it like this, at least I don't think he did. He almost made it sound like it was up to Kevin. Hey, Kevin will let us know when he's ready. So tell us. I wonder what that does that accelerate it? Does that make it no, longer? you clear and then it's still up to him. I mean, it was a time when the Suns cleared TJ Warren and he wouldn't come back. You know, and he was cleared to come back and he wouldn't come back. God, that feels like 10 years ago. I know, and I totally remember that. Like, they oh, had sure. cleared him a week later, still not back. Two weeks later, still not back. Like, okay, we cleared you. Once they, they have to clear you, right? That's their, they, get, they have a responsibility too. So once they clear him, then it's up to him when he's going to come back. Yeah. Uh, in, if we're looking at last night's game specifically, uh, without Kevin Durant, so again, any evaluation of them or how this is going to go, it's skewed. It's hard to know. It's an, in, it's an incomplete picture that we're looking at with the Suns right now. But one thing that's really obvious, um, they were historically great in the clutch last year. These last three games in this three-game losing streak, it was close against Sacramento. They fell apart at the end. It was close-ish against the Warriors in the third quarter. They cut it, what, to three or four? And then they fell apart in the fourth quarter. Last night, that was a 97-97 game with about six minutes to go. The clutch time play has drifted on the Suns these last three games. It's been very evident to anybody watching. Sacramento game after Sabonis had scored to make it 117-115. You had Book missed the three. Ross had an air ball three. Chris Paul had a turnover. A Koji airballed the three. And Devin Booker had an offensive foul. Okay? Against uh, Golden State, they got it close, but then they kind of fell apart. 
in that in that fourth quarter, right? They did cut it to 85-82, but then after that, yeah. Golden State had a bit, had a nice little run to pull away. That one doesn't really count as clutch time for me. Okay. Just, just, just because it was, they, they cut it to three, it was in the third quarter. Right. By the time the fourth quarter started, they were kind of done. Fourth quarter here, and this is where you just, the, the mistakes, right? I mean, oh, yeah. You know, Giannis, Book has his shot blocked by Giannis. Book turns it over on a pass to DA, although you may say it's DA's fault because he didn't catch the ball. There's no may about it. I will say that about DA. Uh, Another offensive foul by Book. Book has had two offensive fouls in the last minute of two of these three games. I don't want to make excuses for Book, but I'm about to. He had to be tired, right? Dude played the entire second half. Played 43 minutes. It was, it was so he, bad that D.A. took a three-pointer and missed it at the well, end of okay, that game. Now, see, if we want to talk about late game things getting sideways. Let's talk about DeAndre Eaton. He was 0 for 5 in that fourth quarter. And I know he had sat too long. And I know Monty screwed this up by not getting him out of the game when he picked up that fourth foul. He should have done it immediately in the third quarter when Eaton picks up that fourth foul. Yeah, big mistake by him. But by the time Eaton comes back into that fourth quarter, he was so out of rhythm. I've mean, taken three-pointers. Ball's hitting him in the hand, not attacking the ball when it's being passed to him. Rather, he's standing there and just waiting for it to come to him. He's the same guy he's always been. And, you know, there comes a point in a guy's career where you're like, okay, this is it. Like, a lot of times you're thinking about DeAndre because he's still only 24 years old, believe it or not. And you start to believe, like, potential. Like, I'm going to pay you on potential. I think there's a lot more to get out of you. But for a guy that's been in the league for five years, he's basically this, he's a very, very similar player. Like, you know, the numbers back that up. He's a he's a high efficiency guy with the field goal percentage. He, he's going to grab you 10, 11 rebounds a game, score you somewhere between 16 to 18 points. I mean, that's that's kind of who he's always been. Okay, occasionally he'll give you this great game. You're like, wow, okay, but not not enough to warrant like him being you know on the level of a Jokic or Embiid or anybody like that. Not with even close. The exception of the 2021 run to the finals in which he was yes. friggin' superhuman. Yeah. Right? Up against Jokic pretty well. I, I mean, for those for those four series and for those two months, okay, yeah, he was exposed a little bit against Giannis. Giannis is going to expose some guys. He was supernova during those two months. And, and so that's, you, know, you you talk about wanting a player to be all they can be. That's that's the guide. That That's the, that's the vision. We've all seen it. He did it for a two-month stretch where, man, doesn't it feel like forever ago when Chris Paul was talking, that man's going to get a bag. That man's going to get paid. Wait, that, that guy's going to... And he get, he did. He, it, he took the long way to get there. He got his bag. That's what we wait for. That's what we look for. We look for DeAndre Ayton to take some of these moments over and instead the ball clanks off of his hands and it feels like that's almost the norm now, right? Like yeah. like the, 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 the Devin Booker turnover, that wasn't a Devin Booker turnover. That was a DeAndre Ayton turnover. He had a few of those last night where the ball just hits him in the hands and he, he just can't cr- and that's the same as it's ever been for DeAndre. There was some ama- he, he did have some amazing games, you know, in the, when they played the Lakers and Denver he and the Clippers. incredible that summer. He, he he had some incredible games. He really did. Incredible. 22 points and 19 rebounds against Milwaukee in yep. game one. That's what we want. 22 and 19. You go look at the Lakers series, like some of the 21 and 16. Um, he had 17 rebounds in another game. He had 15 rebounds against the Nuggets in one game. Like he was a B. He had 22 rebounds against the Clippers in one game. 22 rebounds in one game against the Clippers in the playoffs. 17 in another game. He was almost unstoppable on the boards. Yeah, he was. Uh, so for the Suns, that continued to be a problem last night. Their three point defense continued. It wasn't as bad last night. It's not like Milwaukee lit him up the way the Warriors or the Kings did. But that has been. You look at. 
what's not been working for them with Kevin Durant out, it's been that three-point shooting. That and how many points they're giving up per game. It's really yeah, made a difference. Yeah, they, they don't, they're not a good three-point shooting team, Phoenix. When we come back on the Burns and Gambo show, the Arizona Cardinals with the NFL draft looming, contemplating how far do they want to go down in the draft? Do they want to go down in the draft? We'll talk about that next on the Burns and Gambo show. And Gambo. Afternoons on Arizona Sports, the local sports leader. Another busy day here on the Burns and Gambo Show, as always. Thanks for keeping it real with us here on this Wednesday. ASU basketball coming up an hour and a half from right now. We'll have all the coverage here on Arizona Sports. Uh, a name went off the board today in NFL free agency. It was a name that we had talked about for a week or two as being almost too good for the Cardinals in free agency, and that was Jacoby Brissett. He signed a one-year deal with the Washington Commanders. I think it's like $8 million guaranteed. So, time to reassess the quarterback market for the Cardinals. Cardinals, let's reassess with Mitch as he's got today's Twitter poll question of the day. Burns and Gambo need to know Twitter poll update presented by Sanderson Ford. Mitch got Mitch. You saved me all the work, Burns. I barely have to do anything over here. Of the following quarterbacks on the Cardinals or available, who would you want starting week one this upcoming season? We have Colt McCoy, Carson Wentz, Marcus Mariota, or Teddy Bridgewater. Okay, process of elimination using the Gambo theory. I know who I don't want. Big black Sharpie through Carson Wentz's name. Just nope. I don't want any of them. They all suck. Oh, they. I mean, they're all they're all terrible. You're gonna you're gonna lose with Wentz. You're gonna lose with Bridgewater, and you're gonna lose with who was the other guy? Uh, Mario. 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 He's terrible too. I just find it hurt. I just find it funny. We're automatically ruling out the youngest of that quartet. And Marcus. No, and Wentz. Wentz. Oh, and Wentz? Wentz is oh, the youngest. I know. I, look, they're not all great, but Wentz is still the youngest of the He's group. He's human trampoline, man. He's bounced from here to here to there to there to Nobody here to here. Him. I want nothing to do Nobody with that wants guy. Him. No, thank you. None of those quarterbacks. It doesn't um, matter. Whoever you get, you're going to lose all your games you play. Those guys are all terrible. Even with Colt? You're going to lose every game you play with Colt? No, I mean, Colt's better than those guys. That's why the answer is Colt. Colt. Ooh, look at you. Put me down for Colt. I, st- I just don't want Colt-, Colt to be the starting quarterback for six games. I wanted Jacoby Brissett. So did I. I- I'll take Gardner Minshew. He's not on your list. <laughs> I'll take Gardner Minshew. It's okay. You weren't the only person to bring up Minshew in the mentions. So Minshew love is getting plenty of it outside of this poll. Like I said earlier, it's like three meals that you really don't like and you're forced to eat one of them. It, like, it doesn't matter. They're all terrible. Each meal is awful. <laughs> All right. Like, take your three worst things that you hate to eat and put them on a plate. It's like and the, that's, that's Wentz, Bridgewater, and uh, Mar- Mariota. Mariota. Okay, so bad you've already forgot. You've blocked it out. Yeah. Well, it just goes to show how forgettable they are, I mm-hmm. guess. 33.4% goes to Teddy Bridgewater. That is the leader by our fan vote so far. 31.7% going for Marcus Mariota. 19.3% going in-house with Colt McCoy. 15.5% for Carson Wentz. All right, that's the poll question. Uh, you can find it on the Burns and Gambo Twitter page at Burns and Gambo. One word is where you can find that on social media. Did you see Jalen Carter today at George's Pro Day? He was fat and he couldn't complete the workout. Uh, and he didn't even run the 40. Uh-huh. Yeah, he's, he's, um, he's off my board. He is. I'm, not, I'm not taking him. I'm not, if I, I'm not even if I move, move down. Am I taking defensive him? tackle Jalen Carter will do position drills only at today's Pro Day in Georgia. No 40, no other testing. He weighed 323 pounds, up 9 pounds from the combine. How? How? The, the combine, think about this. I was thinking about this driving in. The combine was two weeks ago. He gained 10 pounds in two weeks. How? Well, this l- is, you've got millions and millions of dollars on the line and you can't stay in shape? 
Red flag. You can't stay in shape? Red flag. You got 10 days to get in the best shape of your life and have a kick, kick ass on pro day, and you can't do it? Red flags are flying. Yes. The, the, you, you know you know the answer. You'd rather have three double cheeseburgers than, than have a salad and get in shape. I don't want to psychoanalyze the guy, but I got to imagine he's kind of looking at it going, all right, I'm kind of screwed. You know what? Yeah, I will have my fries animal style in and out. Thank you very much. Yeah, that's exactly what's going on. And so Man, who's, I mean, whoever's living with them, go through the Dave Burns philosophy. Lock the cabinet so you can't get to the peanut butter. <laughs> Lock him. He gets up in the middle of the night. He wants a snack. It's locked. The drawers are locked. For he can't get in. For new listeners to the Burns and Gambo show, yes, it's true. We used to have a lock on the pantry door. I would get up in the middle of the night and eat peanut butter in the middle of the night, and we had to put a lock on the pantry door to keep. Yeah, me kids out. would wake up the next morning, go to make a peanut butter jelly sandwich, and peanut butter was all gone. Right until we put it. Now the kids would get up and they'd go find the key, which my wife had hidden, and they'd unlock the pantry door so then they could get to the peanut butter. That's what someone needs do you, to do for Jalen Carter. How do you? How do you not care enough? Uh, it, to like literally for ten days, for ten days, I gotta bust it right now and get in the best shape of my life and make sure that I kill it at this combine. So I'm a top ten draft pick. How do you not do that? Motor, bad motor. That's I mean that it's it's the easiest, simplest, most true explanation. You've got a faulty motor. The kid already had a red flag. Okay, oh, yeah. a real serious red flag. Yeah, and now this is another red flag. I, I mean, I don't think you could take him. I use this as an introduction to uh, bring up another mock draft for the Arizona Cardinals, and this one they're they're always interesting because it gives us so much to talk about. Yeah, this one I, I find really you, interesting. You did like this one, right? It's got the Cardinals going way down in the draft, very far. How far? down. 16th pick. Yeah, I'm going I'm all t- the way down to 16th. I'm not, I'm not touching that. I'm not touching that. That's way too far down. Okay, but, but it would save you a lot of money would, if you want to save money. I hope that's not what this is about. But if you want to save money, go the, down to the 16th pick. The compensation package is impressive. All right. I, I, if there's one saving grace on this, uh, this is from CBSSports.com. They've got the Commanders moving up to take Will Levis, and they've got the Cardinals moving down to 16 and taking corner Deontay Banks from Maryland, okay? What they would get in exchange for this, they would get the 16th pick, they would get a second-round pick this year, a third-round pick this year, a first and a second next year. So a 1-2-3-1-2 to move down from 3 to 16. You go from paying 17 Point nine million to pay in ten million dollars value. Oh no! Wait, wait, no, that's 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 wrong. So I got to find it. But that it's a it's a there's a big difference in what that pick would be from third to from third to sixteenth. All right, I don't know much about Deontay Banks, but I do have a draft profile. Okay, do you care to take a guess? Banks, you got to rule two out. You got to rule two out. So we're ruling out Zach Larson. And we're ruling out. Are they? They're definitely not them. Oh, oh, uh, Cody, give me two people that it's not. Two people that it's. You don't even know. Where's Mitch? <laughs> I got a, two people that it's not because I can't guess with six. Okay, how about this? Yeah. So we'll categorize it this way. We'll do the crew that was the four last year, and then the new crew. So the new crew is Zach, Jarrett, and Jesse. This is a new crew profile. This is a new crew profile. So it's either Zach, Jarrett, Carlin. Or Jesse Morrison. Uh, you pick. Give me Jarrett Carlin. I'll take. I'll take Jesse. 
Deontay Banks, cornerback, Maryland. Banks' athleticism shuts down one oh. side of the field for opposing teams. Not Jesse. Don't you dare throw the ball his way. He will make you pay for it. His ability to challenge wide receivers makes almost any ball up for grabs. Smooth is not necessarily how you would describe a defensive back, but that is exactly what Banks is. He can be his own worst enemy at times and get tripped up on longer routes and is not yet confident when he should charge the line. But his fluidity is unparalleled. NFL comp, Bills cornerback, Kyer Elam. The most gambo moment ever. Did I get it right? There is. is that Jesse? Is, is that Jesse? I don't hear his voice on the radio that much. <laughs> By the way, the third pick, the third pick right now, the total value of that pick is 37, almost $38 million. Okay. Signing bonus of 24, uh, but $38 million. The 16th pick? Sixteen million two hundred forty-seven thousand signing bonus of eight point nine million. Scale of one to ten. Yes. Ten being scared out of your mind. One being you don't you're not worried at all. Okay. How worried are you that this is a financial decision for the Cardinals? Honest question. Because you've brought this up multiple times now. So, like, are you really worried that they're going to make a draft decision based off of money? Are you kind of worried or are you a little worried? I'm kind of worried. So, so scale of 1 to 10, you're like a 4 or 5, a 6? Yeah, I'm kind of worried okay. about it. Let's listen, and again, it is what it is. They don't spend money the way other teams do. I mean, I had, you know, the, the front office that was here. I mean, I, I know for a fact that, you know, they, that was a, that was an issue was the, the, the amount of money that, you know, that they, they not the cap number. Right. But the money number, the real amount of money that you were able to go out and spend on guys has always been an issue. Okay. I'm a little I'm definitely a little worried. And, and about I'm not it. trying to push you on the spot. I'm, I'm just saying they won't take a guy at three. But if they trade down far, if they trade down. I, I would question whether that's a factor or not. I just really hope it's not. I, I, but you keep bringing it up, which makes me think that you're more worried about it being a money thing than you're letting on. It's thirty. It's thirty thirty eight million dollars in money for the third pick, and if you go down to sixteen, it's sixteen million. That's a twenty two million dollar difference. It's hmm. a lot of money. Hmm. All right. I don't think. I hope it's not the case. I, I just don't not. know. We've got the Burns and Gambo Show podcast. You can subscribe right now on your iPhone and your Android, and we promise you'll never miss any of the shows. It'll be digitally delivered to you every day. Burns and Gambo Show brought to you by Carol Royce, your home sold guaranteed realty. Get a higher price selling your home. Get guaranteed offers. Go to higherprice.com. That's higherprice.com. If Arizona and ASU were to decide today, they're staying in the Pac-12. Just ask the presidents. They know. That's next. Burns and Gambo. Burns and Gambo. Arizona Sports. The local sports leader. All right, coming up in about 45 minutes, we will depart these airwaves a little earlier than normal for ASU's basketball game. They're playing game tonight against Nevada. It's about a 6-10 tip-off. That can be a moving target depending on how long the game in front of them goes. In fact, we don't have that game on in here. We probably should, those two 16 seats that are playing. We'll get that on. We'll rectify that. The next game break. last night came down. The kid made a shot with like... Ten seconds left to win it Saw for that. Pitt. Yeah, so that's Pitt, exciting. Pitt advance. That's fun. We'll yeah. see what ASU, what drama we get tonight. We'll talk about it tomorrow and see if they advance or if they're out, if they're one and done, or if they move on in the play-in tournament. In the meantime, there's still issues that we need to talk about when it comes to the Big 12 and whether the Big 12 is poaching on the Pac-12, whether they're the predator coming after the Pac-12 schools, and in particular, Arizona, Arizona State, Utah, and Colorado. Those are the four most frequently mentioned 
as teams that the Big 12 might want. Two different university presidents, both in the state of Arizona, both making it sound like everything's fine and it's not that big of a deal. Let's start with Michael Crow. He's the president at Arizona State University in a story today in the school newspaper, the state press. Michael Crow is quoted as saying, we're close to knowing where we're going to be and I think we're close to a deal. I think that the Pac-12 media rights became more complicated with the departure of USC and UCLA. The media rights became more complicated because things always do. Markets go like this. They're up and down. But we have fabulous sports teams and the remaining teams are going to get a good offer. We're in the final stages of that process. And as far as going to the Big 12, quote, There have been no discussions with the Big 12 Conference on moving. I mean, there's been discussions between everyone everywhere on all things related. We are committed to the Pac-12, close quote. You are for now, you know, unless Oregon and Washington decide to leave. And the other thing is that the money is an important factor. You're not going to leave if the money is equal or close because you add the extra travel expenses in and $2 million more in the Big 12 is not worth leaving for. But $10 million maybe. Yeah. $12 million maybe. No disrespect to Dr. Crow. I thought the comments from Arizona's president were actually a little more insightful in this one. Robbins? Yeah, this one comes from uh, John Wilner, and this is Robert Robbins, the president of Arizona. Asked about the speculation over the future of the conference, Robbins rejected the notion that schools, including Arizona, would bolt for the Big 12 prior to being presented with a media rights proposal. Quote, I don't think anybody wants to leave. Why would you move for a couple million dollars you a wouldn't. year more? You wouldn't. You'd move for more money. That's why UCLA and USC are moving. It's for more money. It's why Texas and Oklahoma are moving. It's for more money. A lot more money. So, you know, the, these athletic departments, are they, they, they need the funding. They need that money to come in. Football's the, the money generator, a little bit of basketball. But you got to fund all these other sports that don't really bring in any money. So it's you got to get revenue somehow. You got to update your facilities. You got to change your buildings. I mean, Michael Crow talking about the ASU basketball building being okay. It's a great place to play. It doesn't affect Winston. Yeah, it's a terrible place to play. They need a new building so badly. But if the if if Klyovkov can get close to what the Big Twelve is getting, maybe everybody will stay. But again, just for now, all it takes is Oregon and Washington leaving, and the whole thing crumbles. Of course, of course. Now maybe everybody's just you know saying the right things right now because they really don't want to leave, but they know they're going to have to leave. Yeah, and I, look, I'm not looking at this story or these quotes as like the end all be all. Everything's going to be all right. It's fine, you know. But it is, you know, there had been some speculation that Arizona in particular was in the crosshairs of this, that the Big Twelve was going to go hard after Arizona for the basketball part of it, right? Because they've got a premier basketball conference and it's only going to get more premier when you know the other schools join it, when Houston joins it, when Cincinnati joins it. And if they could get Arizona, that'd be the best basketball conference in the country. The uh, President Robbins compared the situation to competing for a bronze medal. And I'll like, here's why. The Big Ten's media rights deal will distribute about $67 million per year per school. 67. Right. Okay. That's the gold. The SEC. That the gold? That's the gold. Oh, that's the gold medal. Okay. okay. Here's your silver. The SEC's deal, sixty million per year per school. As your silver medal. The Big Twelve, thirty-two. 
And that's what President Robbins is saying. If we're close to 32, it's not worth leaving. It's not worth leaving. Yeah, if we get 29. We're, we're, if we get 29, we'll stay. We just can't get 22. Right. I, but could the Big 12 get more if they add the four corner schools? Well, I mean, it's already signed. Can, but it, but uh, they have the ability to get out a lot pretty early, do don't they? they? I, I think. And if they have the ability to up that if they're able to add schools, that, those are things I don't know. Uh, I think a lot of it, too, depends on, okay, I get the money part of it. But is the money part of it mean you're on some network that nobody's watching? Some streaming service that nobody has? I, well, I mean, did, Not if you're in the Big 12, you're not. There's a question of exposure for the Pac-12. Sure. Yeah, if the dollars are equal, okay, fine. But if the dollars are equal, but it forces you to be on some third-party app that right. nobody cares about, yeah. then you have to ask yourself, are we better off going to the Big 12? Because the money's the same, but we're going to get so much more exposure. Exposure's cake. Being on the linear TV networks that people traditionally go looking for this mm-hmm. stuff on. Now, that's got to be a factor no, in all No, it's a huge this. factor. It's a, listen, you know, like when the NCAA tournament starts and that game that's on True TV and everybody's like, where, where is True TV? Oh, this is my annual. What channel what is True channel TV? Is true? I couldn't even tell you what channel True TV is on. Okay, I have no well, idea. Cody's telling me 45? 45. Cox? Cox is 45? Yep. And I think 45. on Direct TV, it's like 249? 240, it's in the 240 somewhere. On direct, I never know. Right, but there's always that game that this game's on True TV. I'm like, I don't know what you. But we have a voice remote with Cox, just True TV, and it puts it on. Um, but if you're like you're on your app and you want to tape it, like record it, you're like, okay, I gotta find that channel. I don't know where that channel is. No, exposure is key. They have to have the right exposure. You can't be just on a stream, mainly streaming deal. You want eyes on you. You want people to be able to be able to watch you. It's a, it's gonna affect you in recruiting if nobody's watching you play. So I would imagine if all things being equal, if you were on, you know, bait basically most streaming services compared to traditional TV, you would take the traditional TV deal. You mentioned the comments about Desert Financial Arena. Yeah, this I, is I, ridiculous. I, I want to read these. This, this is just ridiculous. Again, I'm bouncing back to the state, Crow. the state press report here and, and credit to them. Uh, in February of 2022, so last year, Ray Anderson told Bickley and Murata that Desert Financial Arena is in, quote, dire need, close quote, of improvements, and that he anticipates ASU will be pivoting to that very quickly. Crow, quote, I don't know what he meant by dire. You've been there. It's completely functional. It just, oh God. It's actually a fine facility and just needs some updates. Um, one of the most important updates is to the air handling system, which Crow said would cost about 25 mil. He also said seating may need updating, the addition of handrails and general improvements. Quote, there haven't been any serious injuries, just seriously from that. That facility is completely functional. It does not determine if we win basketball games at all. I mean, all. that's like, you yeah, yeah. have potential. <laughs> it's like saying a house from 40 years ago with linoleum floors and wood paneling. It's still fine. The wood paneling looks great. Functional. Carpet everywhere. It's fine. You want an open concept? You're not getting that. We have a sunken living room for you. Has Dr. Crow never watched Flip or Flop? Has, has Dr. Crow never watched the Property Brothers? Does he not know you need to redo the flooring and you need to tear down the wall? Was he the one that pulled down the walls hiding like 3,000 seats in an upper bowl? I mean, oh God. I mean does he not know the value of renovation? And, and you know, the, 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 you put like the money in, you get the guy. money out. I, he might be a good president for a lot of other stuff, but not for sports, man. ASU is a train wreck when it comes to a lot of sports. I mean, they just they they need to spend more money if they want to be 
great, but I don't think that they want to be great because of him. I think it's because of him. They just don't want to be great. And so we get left with a lot of mediocrity. The clock is ticking on you to join the madness in your shot at the grand prize. $1,000 in tickets to next year's madness tournament. Sounds fun. Text box to 62620. Fill out your bracket to compete in the Arizona Sports Bracket Bucks. It's presented by San San Ford and Schwartz Laser Eye Center. Again, that's box to 62620. Devin Booker is on an island by himself. Is somebody sending him a boat? That's next. Spurns and Gambo.